Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. We're back to the Neil Haley Show, here on the Author's Corner segment. I'm excited to welcome the program, Donna McPherson. You're the author of The, author of the Price of Fake is Real. Donna, thanks for stopping by. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you. And thank you for having me, Neil. You're welcome. Let, I have to go to the title. The price okay. of fake is real. And so we as think about fake as a bad word. Do you consider it bad in this title or good? It just is. It's neither bad or good. It just is. It's reality. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody is fake in some sort of way. I think, I, I think there's a degree that we pretend that things are not exactly what they are. And if that is considered fake, then it could be. And people that are very negative and are very uh, pessimistic instead of optimistic are people that we kind of, as entrepreneurs, yourself and I, don't want to surround ourselves with in our, you know, daily lives, especially because it, it's so debilitating, right? Well, that could be a part of it, but the perspective that I come from is sometimes in business, we don't want others to know that we're not doing well, that we're struggling, mm. that things are not the way they are. So we kind of go along pretending that everything is good, which is really not good for us or our business because you tend to go deeper and deeper into trouble the more you ignore it or pretend that it's not happening. So true. And, uh, and so you want to let your customers and clients know when you're struggling, then, it sounds like, when, or you have yes. troubles. Absolutely. Communicative with them saying, hey, this week's really not great. I'm not ignoring you. It's because I'm having a family issue. Kind of like you tell your boss, you need to teach, treat your clients like your boss in a way when you're having a family issue, if you're having a day where you're very busy. I'm not ignoring you, this is just what's happening. That's and, I'm right. not, and I'm gonna catch up and don't be upset about it. The more we communicate to people what's going on, the better our relationships will be, right? Absolutely, the better they're able to, we're able to meet them where they are. But even in, big, in business, the bigger issue is, if you are in business to make money and you're not making money, there's got to be a reason. And yeah. you're not going to know what that reason is if you don't want people to know because you're embarrassed that your business is not doing as well. You may have a, an image that suggests that you're doing awesome, you're making all of this money, when in reality, in your quiet moments, you're embarrassed or you're struggling or you're going through all of these emotions, you're hurting, when that pain doesn't need to be there. So what do we do, Donna, or in that situation, our business isn't making money? You get real about it. Okay. You figure out, even if you can't do it, and one of the things I wrote about in my book, in my book, The Price of Fake is Real, how to stop pretending and gain real business success, it's about 
understanding that you're not alone. Somebody else has already figured this out. They can help you figure it out. Your only responsibility is to first accept that you're not getting the results that you want and then reject that this is not where I want to be forever. When you do those things, you open the doors to get the help that you want so you can make the money and have the life that you want. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And, and I definitely agree with you because it's like uh, and when you have, uh, you're able to admit that and say, I need help, the help's there. And you yeah. help, Donna, you've helped people in your career, haven't you? Take I work, absolutely. I work with entrepreneurs who are already making six figures or seven figures. But the biggest problem with the six and seven figure businesses is sometimes they're not getting the profit that they want. Because a lot of people talk about the six and seven figure, they can help you make all of that money. But how many people are really talking about helping you keep that money mm. and helping you grow that into wealth? First, you have to make it, and then you got to figure out how to hold on to it and build upon it so you can truly have that life that you want. And that's what I talk about in my book, The Price of Fake is Real. So seven, someone that's making seven figures a year in revenue doesn't mean that they're pocketing that money, does it? Absolutely not. It doesn't mean that. And first of all, if you're going to go into that business, you should know what your industry says you should make. And that is part of the fake thing. It's people think that because they're making all of this money, they're entitled to it. Well, if your industry says you should have a profit margin of 10%, you can make all you want, but it's only so much you'll be able to bank. Mm. If you don't know that, you could become frustrated. So you help people down in that way to look at those industries too, what your industry is. That's one of the first thing I look at. What industry are you in and what is standard for your industry? What are, what are the profit margins? How much of your money should you spend in certain areas of your business so you can be successful? Because you could spend too much and then there's not enough profits and then it's like, it makes no sense in your margin and bottom line of putting the time and effort to expand when it's, you're not making any money. You got it, Neil. You well, got it. I'm already it. seeing that, Donna, and I'm, always, I'm sharing in these interviews, and that's okay, that I'm going from just myself to now hiring different teams and having an office manager and now looking at, now I want to profit more. And at first I'm not. And then I got to yes. see what the margins are, what if I you know, stop doing everything in the business, what are really my profit margins? And how much should I charge now? Because I'm different. So there's, there's a cost to doing business. Yes. Compared to when I was doing it all, it was just trading dollars for hours. Time, Absolutely. Time, that's not what Absolutely. you're doing. No. You're just an entrepreneur. And that's where a lot of people miss the mark because they try to do everything themselves. They try to go at it alone. And, yeah. and you cannot do it all alone. You're going to burn yourself out at one point. You got it. But see, I think that the easier part for some people when they have the cash flow, but if they don't have the cash flow, which is another thing they don't teach them, and you use your own cash, it becomes a very challenging thing that you're waiting on what you're getting paid next month to keep the doors open. Absolutely. Because a lot of people, when they start a business, I usually just say most people don't set out to become an entrepreneur. Something happens in our lives. Right. And we find ourselves in business rather than going to get another job. But the problem sometimes can be they operate like they have a job. 
they operate like there's only a certain amount of money they're going to make and somebody has to give that to them and tell them when they're going to get paid. When you own a business, that's all on you. You got to go out, get the customers, generate the sales and know how much of that you're going to pocket. If you don't know how much you're going to pocket, you may be spending time doing something and not getting paid. Everybody else will get paid but you if you don't determine ahead of time how much of every dollar should come to your pocket so you make sure that you get it. And that's what your industry averages and margins give you. That's why you definitely have to hire someone like Donna. But here's the other point, Donna. That's a great point. But what about if you're just a soul, you by yourself, just doing it all your own, you know, getting a pretty decent revenue, okay? Yes. And now you want to expand. How do you define really paying yourself now, right? It's different. It is, but before you even start spending, you should understand how much you're going to get out of this business. Because that's where there's a lot of the, um, the downfalls. People start business without even understanding if they're even going to be able to get paid. After they expand, if they're even going to get After they expand. And if you expand, expand with the wrong revenue model, with the wrong profit model, you're just making a problem bigger. Sure. That's why you got to nail it before you expand. All right. So where can we purchase a book, Donna, and learn more about you? Where can we go? You can go to thepriceoffakeisreal.com. Okay. Definitely. And the, the people need to definitely check her out, especially if they're in a specific mode in their business going from themselves to hiring other people or even themselves, are they really paying themselves the right way, investing the right way to make the mo most money they can? So appreciate you. Bye. Thank you so much. All right. You're watching and listening to The Neil Haley Show, and we'll be back in just a moment. Neil Haley here. Lensec has been a sponsor of The Neil Haley Show and Total Media Network for around a year and a half. And I wanted to tell you a little bit about Lensec. Lensec has been a pioneer in IP security videos since 1998. The company is a trusted security partner with experience around the world. Lensec has experience working with customers in higher education, K-12 education, government, public safety, critical infrastructure, healthcare, commercial, and more. The physical security experts at Lensec help customers develop enterprise solutions for their complex physical security projects using our flagship software, Perspective VMS. Lensex enterprise level video management software, Perspective VMS, is a browser-based software that streams and captures IP security camera video. The latest version of PVMS uses HTML5 interactive features in a thin client application that is designed to provide real-time situational awareness. Access control and other advanced features are integrated into a unified security platform, creating an ability to track behavior and movement while monitoring the live or recorded video. For more information, please visit lensec.com. And now back to the show. back to the Neil Haley show here on the author's corner segment. And, you know, uh, I've been learning so much with these amazing authors and I know that you've been hearing it throughout syndication, but also checking it out on my YouTube channel and all these other places, uh, Facebook page of these awesome authors. So I'm excited to welcome the program. Lauren McClurkin, author of you're ready to finish. You're just not ready to start. How okay. are you, Lauren? I'm doing great, Neil. Thank you so much for having me. Grateful to be here. I, I, and I think that that's so important in so many ways. 
that that we are ready to do something we just got to have that that last push to do it and i think that that's the missing component sometimes right Absolutely. Absolutely. That push and that willingness to do it. I've so many times it's, I I've seen people just get stuck in the fear of taking that step forward and everyone wants that quick fix, especially in our today's world that we live in. And so everyone is looking for speed versus taking the steps and leaning into the pains of living in order to get to that, you know, to the finish line, if you will. Well, Lauren, if you were looking at the most successful people in the world, it didn't happen overnight for them, did it? No. Oh, no. And quite to the contrary. <laughs> and they're the yeah. ones that are the most successful that went through the most hardship a lot of times. Absolutely. They were knocked down more times, and, but they stood right back up. And that's just about every successful entrepreneur out there. Right? So you signing up for that is not the fun thing to sign up for. Unless you know, unless you feed these challenges, you want these challenges, you understand these challenges and you don't lose sleep over them. And I think an entrepreneur versus a worker, if you work for somebody at five o'clock, your day's over, you might bring a little work home, but it's not something that's on your mind seven days a week. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So as I said, you know, none of us want to be in pain. I mean, we, we try to avoid pain, you know, oftentimes it's good for us. We don't want to burn our hand by putting it on the stove. We try to avoid some of those sharp corners and we try to navigate on the road so that we can avoid having an accident. But there are pains that we have to persevere through and we have to lean a little bit more into them, especially in the entrepreneur world or any business, which is raising a family, even if working for someone, you have to lean into that discomfort. The discomfort of public speaking, I mean, having that shaky voice, that can be painful, but leaning into it only has you learn more. So it usually does take a crisis in order to find enlightenment. Um, so it's that pain that's going to help get you there. <laughs> COVID-19 was that crisis. Yeah. And so many people have improved and have changed and shifted and improved their lives. The ones that made the decision, right. Even if things didn't look very good. They didn't look good for me at first. This well, how am all my clients going to stay? Am I going to lose them? How am I going to get new sales? What am I going to do next? And then what I did is my mindset is said, I just want to keep going at it and, and keep going and nothing, none of the bad things did happen. However, I will never make that mistake again because I did probably lose momentum. Before COVID-19, I was ready to roll, and I kind of took the halt of certain things. So that's the challenge is when I feel pain coming, I sometimes let up. That's not good, right? No, it's not good. It's not good at all. And, you know, you have to listen to a lot of voices, um, and some are hard to hear. And I just wrote something yesterday or the day before in, in saying that, I have been knocked down. I have been told, you know, what are, what the hell are you thinking trying to do what I'm doing? And I have been, I'm going to say made fun of, I have felt so many winds of storm. I'm going to call them storms and have been knocked down, but I keep standing back up because I feel that I have this purpose. I have this mission 
And truly it takes that. It takes the perseverance, regardless of what you're doing. You'd be raising your children. There are many days, I have five kids, and there were many times that I said, I'm tired of being a parent. I'm ready to walk away from this. I didn't know what I was signing up for because it was painful, but obviously I couldn't walk away from them and I do love all five of my kids. But you can apply this to anything in life um, because life has its ups and downs and some are huge and some are quite low. So getting back up and just trying to steady, I, I use the Peloton bike as an example. I've, I've grown to love it, to be honest with you, and I really wasn't a bike rider. But it's being able to manage the resistance and the cadence, and that's not easy to do. Um, but that is what I just what I talk about in my book. You're ready to finish. You're just not ready to start. Is it how do you start to balance those voices that come into your head, the external ones as well, so that you can maintain that balance? So, what makes you the expert in this topic? I already can tell having five kids, that's one right there. <laughs> <laughs> but what makes you like, what is your profession and based on in the expertise, field of expertise for this book, writing this book? Yeah, so I am, I'm a master Pilates instructor and I have been practicing professionally for over 15 years. And it was from witnessing clients, truly was in my own personal experience because mm -hmm. I did feel that enlightenment. But it was just watching my clients have those breakthroughs. And I, I started to apply that to life and apply that to everything. And it piqued my interest. So I started researching and, and reaching out to the medical world and trying to make sense of the brain. And so since then, and a, a positive thing in COVID is now that I am a brain health, um, I'm brain health certified through the Functional Aging Institute through that interest of trying to understand what is actually going on in the brain. So that's what I've been doing. It's my passion. And I now have a partner, a co-founder in Consciously Fit. And we are just taking the brain first and then your body will move after. Because the brain's important because you don't have the mindset to move forward, you're not gonna get healthy. Because yeah, you're thinking, and if you're stressed beyond your belief and not making the choices you wanna make, you're not going to go ahead and do that Pilates exercise, right? You're not going to go work out. You're not going to go to the gym because you're going to be so stressed out every second of the day. You'll say, forget about it altogether. I hate what the one thing I hate about COVID is I have not been working out. And that's definitely one thing I want to do. I'm just ready for getting the, you'll say, I'll work out at home. I want to be back to the gym and you know, and I'm not taking the chances of what the gym is today. So go for that walk, go do those things try to do what's best, but hopefully we'll get through this. And that's important, but you, what you're bringing to the table is perfect. So where can we purchase your book and learn more about you? Where can we go? Absolutely. So you can purchase it at ConsciousStrong.com. So that's ConsciousStrong.com. And you will see the website and all the facts about Consciously Fit as well. Well, thanks for coming by. And I think that's important what you're bringing to the table in health and wellness because the brain has a lot to do with the health of your body working out wise, but also the health of your mental capacities could lead to high blood pressure, obesity, uh, other stressors, anxiety, depression. All those things are through the mind. And if we can make our mind more healthy, we're in a much better situation. 
that we are. Without the brain, your movement is not going to be well, your life is not going to be well, so you have to train the brain first. And again, that's another component of leaning into the sharp pain because sometimes it's difficult to get into and in, get into that brain talk. <laughs> well, thanks but, for talking about it. I appreciate it. And it's great, great topic. We all need to look into it. And huh, I tell you, the get healthy for sure. So that's your brain. Absolutely. It starts with your brain, then your movement will follow. Okay. Thanks again for calling. Thanks so much, Neil. All right. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This is the Neil Haley Show. I'm watching the Neil Haley Show, and we'll be back in just a moment. Back to the Neil Haley Show here on the Author's Corner segment. And I'm excited to welcome the program author, Magdalena Raj. And you're the author of Business, Doing It All Gets You Nothing. Magdalena, how are you? I am great. How are you, Neil? I'm doing fantastic. It's, it's a great opportunity always to talk to people about business. And so tell me your background, and then we'll get into the title of the book and why you wrote the book. Well, I kind of call myself a many-year, multi-decade corporate warrior. So I came out of the corporate scene and spent a lot of years there. And over that period of time, a lot of the different roles that I took were in different industries, different companies. And I found that the interesting thing was I met so many people that dug in and were really working hard and wanted to do really well at what they were doing. And we all kind of, you know, we wind up with a little team of people like that. And then over time, you start to see a few cracks in things here and there. And so my corporate business led me to question a bit more about why am I always so exhausted and what is going on? And am I the only one or am I not? You know, and, uh, and that's kind of what brought me into looking at better ways to do some things. And that's what brought me here to you today. And that's, see, that's important because we look at, you know, w what direction we're going on as an entrepreneur and are we going in the right path? Is it, or is it keeping us healthy? Are we stressed out of our gourds? Are we enjoying what we're doing or are we just really nervous? And so you cannot kind of have that self-awareness uh, idea or are we not, or we're just doing the wrong thing. We got to make a complete change. So there's so many different uh, assessments of a business especially during COVID-19 because we don't even want to bring that up for a lot of businesses in the restaurant industry or other industries that just really couldn't shift. They just had to follow what the rules were, which is really hard. And you know, the interesting thing is it doesn't matter what industry you're in. It really comes down to how you approach life. So as you know, we noted the topic of my book is doing it all gets you the same results, doing nothing, right? Just gets you that result. And it's, it's often the people that work the hardest, you know, you grow up with this great work ethic and then you say, I'm going to get out there. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to do it. And then you're kind. And there's the kind people that want to help out and they want to do something else. They go, I can help you with that. Or they're generous. And just even like you mentioned with COVID, it, it's a different twist on it. But still, we're still doing it all. For many people, we still try to cover so many different bases. And that's where the trouble starts. Because you get in the icky doing it all club and it's nasty. Yes, it is. It, so doing it all is not good. Because it, it is absolutely not good, Neil. It is not where you want to be. You think it is, right? You know, it's funny. I remember back in my corporate days, we get this, we get some new program we're working on. There's a new product or something we're working on, right? And they go, give it 110%. And, and I hate that. You know why? Think about it. 
if the top of the scale is 100, where's the other 10% coming from? Literally, where's it coming from? So that's question one. And if, if it's not, if 100 isn't the top of the scale, and if, that means, what was it, 200? So were we really just kind of like half achievers the whole time, and now we're trying to get to like 57%? <laughs> right? It's weird. But the 10% you find out is that it starts to come from you, and you're actually buying it from your future. So and what, that's what I talk about in my book. Right. So the stress we're putting ourselves under as entrepreneurs where we're doing everything from every single aspect keeps us from not earning what we need to earn and growing the way we want to grow. But it's a challenge because bottom line is not going to change that quickly when you invest in people and new people and become more the entrepreneur C-suite executive than just the person that does everything. So at first it becomes nerve wracking because you're not seeing the result, but it takes time. Just like when you started your business, waiting to go from one client to five clients to 10 clients to 30 clients, it didn't happen overnight. Now you have to change from, uh, now I have clients to sell to give to somebody else or give parts of it to somebody else. And that makes it really challenging because you're not going to make profit overnight and you have to kind of have a plan and action to want to, right? Well, it's true. And you know, sometimes it's hard to give things away because it's like giving away your children, especially for entrepreneurs, right? Because it's almost like you birthed this. This exactly. is yours. So whether you're an entrepreneur or if you're still in a corporate world, there's still that sense of I came up with this or I'm working with this. And then there's also the sense of just, I mean, you still have a life. You may be an entrepreneur, but there's people in your family, people in your world that you love and you want to do for them too. Right. So now you're getting pulled in different directions and which is the thing to do. And so we can sit and say, well, you prioritize and how do you pick? And some of the challenges come around that. And that's where one of the things I talk about in my book is how do you really get back to what's right for you that's most important? Because let me tell you, everybody will tell you what's most important for you to do, right? They all have their own opinion. Yeah. So, so you're saying executives sometimes don't hire the right people around them if they have the ability or to go to corporate so that they're not doing everything as well. So they're doing what's best to be successful as their position, the higher up seed level type executives or entrepreneurs, it sounds like, right? Well, it goes with all of those things. I think it covers all aspects of your life, Neil. When you do it all, you kind of take it as who you are in that. It could be in an entrepreneur situation. It could be in a corporate world. It's figuring out what's important in the world that you really want. It really comes down to who are you? Do you know who you are, right? And how do you want to show up in the world? Do you want to create? And where do you want to go? You want to and really, where yourself. do you want to go? You I'm sorry. Yourself, you want to create yourself and put yourself out there. And yes. And the way to do that is if you're stuck doing everything, you're living in a pandemic basement or office and you're not living. I actually love the way you phrase that because it's like you're in a pandemic before a pandemic was and after a pandemic will be. That's why right? I was able to survive the that. pandemic so well because I was living the pandemic before that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, can I quote you? Can I keep that one? Yes, that might go can. in the you next can, book. <laughs> you can definitely keep that. But it's true. And so, and that's the, the challenges that you bring out to yourself is, yeah, well, a lot of entrepreneurs say, I hired these people. I'm not making more money. That'll come with time. But the time that you have extra 
is helping you to grow someday. So we have to understand that we can't do it all. And the people that are micromanagers, like you can look at a sales manager, like, and that sales manager micromanages every one of the sales reps and doesn't give them the opportunity to grow themselves. So he's spending so much time spot checking, that's extra work and extra stress on the sales manager, right? So that could be in that place too. Absolutely. And you know, I deal with it in my book, I focus on kind of a method of thinking about it. And I think about the roles that you play. So it's funny, when you meet someone, what's the first thing? Like in the first five sentences, someone's going to say, oh, so what do you do? And you answer, oh, well, I'm an engineer, I'm a pastry chef, I'm a teacher, I'm an accountant, yeah. right? So they ask what you do, you answer with what you are, but it's really the title of what your job is. But your life is filled with so many different roles, right? Yeah. You act like that's the role. You probably play 30. Like I could look at you and go, guess what, Neil? I know that you're a plumber, you're a race car driver, you're a short order cook, and you might start looking at me going, what is she talking about? And I go, huh, have you ever dealt the stuff drain? I bet you have. Have you ever gotten to get someplace quickly? You learned how to be a race car driver. You know, if you had to throw a meal together, you were a short order cook. And we just move through these throughout our day. And we don't always look at how how many places we're covering. We minimize it. Exactly. And we only focus on the big title of who we think we are. You're making me think, everyone's making me think today, it was a good day to kind of uh, take a step back, let my team do everything, and just interview people, which is a very good uh, exercise, and learn mm -hmm. from experts like yourself of what not to do. So where can we purchase a book and learn more about you? Where can we go? Oh, well, the book is available. Uh, it will be available on Amazon. For now, you can go to my website, which is called Mold Your Life. You're because fast. You, see, yeah. you mold your life to be able to handle and address all of the things about the many roles that you have. I just, and your job, your business is, what is your business? So I am, I am a strategic life coach. Okay. And so that's what I do is I work with people so that they find ways to have the success they want to achieve today without ransoming their future. And that's it really what it's about. Sense. It makes complete sense. And I already see where you're going and you're giving me the real, oh, what, uh, what, uh, what's up moment. And I'll have to look at that stuff. And, uh, reevaluate and look at these things so much homework assignments for the host who's giving <laughs> you guys an opportunity to promote your platform but i'm learning more from you guys than you're learning from me so i appreciate you coming by and thanks for coming on the neil haley show absolutely i loved it thanks neil have Thank a great you. day bye-bye you're listening bye -bye. to the haley show and watching the neil haley show and we'll be back in just a moment celebrity slots Free, spin. Free to play mobile social slot games in the likeness of your favorite celebrities. Making money. Spin to win celebrity experiences through sweepstakes. Free to download. Free to play. Yeah, baby. What are you waiting for? Win meet and greets, celebrity merchandise, gift cards, and more. Download Celebrity Slots today. We're back to 
the Neil Haley Show here on the Author's Corner segment. And I'm excited to welcome the program, Marion McSpadden. You're the author of pretty much everything you try doesn't work. <laughs> oh, wow. And that is so true in so many ways. Marion, thanks for stopping by. Thank you, Neil. I'm so excited to be with you and your guests today. So let's talk about it a little bit when you talk about that title of a book that many things we try, we're going to fail at, it sounds like. Well, you know, you can start out early in life. You start out in first grade, you're so convinced that the teacher's going to be wonderful and all the students are going to be great. And then a couple years into school, you're wondering why you ever had that thought. Or you think about dating and it doesn't all work out. You think about getting married and then the new baby shows up and it doesn't sleep all night and you read all the books and you did everything mama told you to. So there's little, you know, progressive, progressive things that we all experience that don't always work out. Business, we start our new business and we find that everything we try works out. 2020, we went into 2020 with goals and ideas of what we thought it would look like and it didn't all work out. But that's not the end of the story. It's not the end of the story because if we say it's the end of the story, it's really not, it's going to be a bad ending. Yes. And that's what I like to say is, you know, you can't quit. You can't quit on life. Some people quit on life. They quit on their hopes. They quit on their dreams. They quit on their, their, their spouses or their families, their businesses. And that's exactly what you can't do. I have my own story of breaking free from a religious cult or culture. And I literally left in the dark because it was so ingrained in me that I had to be like this. And when I made that choice to do something different, it took a lot of courage to look at the way I always saw things and to say, that has worked for me in my life but it's not working anymore and to do something differently. And that is kind of the progression of where I started discovering and putting language to it that in my new season in life, thinking it was going to be like this, not everything worked out. Yeah, because how were you conditioned before making that change? I, I was conditioned that I could never drive a car. Oh. I would have to wear a dress. I could never cut my hair. I was going to have to stay in this one uh, religious belief system, which I was raised in a conservative horse and buggy type of a community. Mm -hmm. So we didn't have cars. Things were a little more mm -hmm. laid back in the way we did things in a lot of ways. In other ways, we're all the same. It doesn't matter whether we're wearing a dress or wearing pants when we're growing up. You know, we all basically have the same needs. We feel fears. We have hopes. We have dreams. And so what I discovered is when I got on the other side of the uh, physical restrictions of or material restrictions, that people were just, just like I was growing up or when it didn't work out. Um, we all have disappointments. It just happens. We have an appointment that somebody doesn't keep. And that makes it a disappointment. Somebody didn't keep the appointment that we had for them. Yes, so true. You, yeah. uh, and, and that for sure. So what led you on this journey to write this book? Well, um, after I went through the big change, 
I started out thinking my life would perhaps look a certain way and it it did for a season, but then I discovered I was kind of getting constrained and trapped in again because when I had made my big change, I felt like there was a message in me that needed to be told. There's something in me that needed to have a voice. And I felt if I would stay in the culture I was raised in, that would never get to have that expression. So I, I made the changes. I went through the, the, the breaking free from the culture, the family, the business I had, everything that I knew had to change in my life. And, and that's not easy, but I did it because I believed it was right for me. And then when I was about 15 years in that new season, I just really started feeling like I was getting restricted, even though I could drive a car, I could put on whatever clothes I wanted to. And, you know, my core basic belief kind of stayed the same as far as who I believed in God and, and things like that. But I just had freedom. I, I could do what I wanted to do. I could say what I wanted to. I could go where I wanted to and how I wanted to. But then I started feeling that confining, like I was just being something was squashing in, like I was constrained. And that's when I connected with new people again that gave me the information that I needed to break into a new realm. And that was in, in this case, Larry Wingett and Suzanne Evans. And they taught me on book writing and public speaking. And now I've done a lot of podcasting. I've written my book, pretty much everything you try doesn't work. Uh, how to get through the disappointment you didn't expect. And I, I've just got like a new lease in life again, all over. That's fantastic. That's such a tremendous story. And people could purchase your book and learn more about you. Where can they go? They can go to either my name, marionmcspadden.com. But if you have trouble with the spelling, you can go to everythingyoutry.com. And it'll take you to my website. My book's there. I do coaching, private coaching. It's there. I do public speaking. It's on that page as well. Well, thanks for stopping by. And wow, you went through a, a, lot, a lot of hardships, but thanks to the right mentors, you're absolutely where you need to be in life, loving life and helping others. So I appreciate you stopping by. Yeah, it's, it's, I've found that it's always been people that helped me get that next step up. None of us can do it on our own. We no, need we can't. No, we need the next person to bring us to the next level. All right, you're watching The Neil Haley Show and listening to The Neil Haley Show, and we'll be back in just a moment. We're back to the Neil Haley Show here on the Total Celebrity segment. I'm excited to welcome the program Academy Award, Academy Award winner Robert Port and Richard Bausch, and they're going to discuss recon today. Uh, guys, thanks for calling. How are you? Hey, doing great. Thanks for having us. Doing good. All right. So, Robert, kind of tell us what made this story, recon, such an important thing that you wanted to take Richard's book and adapt it into a movie. Well, Richard's heard a thousand times now, but the quick version is uh, I grew up a child in the 70s, which means I saw all those great World War II movies, um, and by great, I mean epic. Um, whether it was 30,000, Great Escape, Bridge Over the River Kwai, and of course later on, you know, Saving Private Ryan's and Thin Red Lines. And I always wanted to make my World War II movie because my grandfather had escaped um, a Jew, and so he had escaped from Vienna when he was 16 when the Nazis invaded and then he went back and fought. And so I grew up with his stories, not about the war. You would never talk about the war. 
even though he won a bronze star and had this very, uh, you can't even say it's unique because all the greatest generation had unique stories. Um, but he, but he had this epic, if you will. Um, and, uh, he would, he would talk about the morality. He would never talk about the war, how he won his bronze star. He would tell the story of, of the 500 women he did rescue, uh, who were, who were being sent on a death march from a concentration camp and how he could only save a hundred of these women's lives. They were skeletons with heads is what he would call oh, wow. them. And, and, and so the, the, the morality, you know, the morality of, of all of that and how you live your life, th those lessons were instilled on us. Um, and so when I read the review, I mean, even read Richard's book, the New York Times book review of May of 2008, I believe it was, um, I got through maybe four lines of it and it was, uh, I remember it was about 1030 at night. I, I called my agent and I was like, I gotta have this book. I gotta have this book. I gotta have this book. Um, and then of course he's like, have you ever even read it? I said, I don't need to read it. I know who Richard Bush is. Uh, you know, it's an American lit major. I think Richard's a wonderful writer and this is it. And, uh, even if I make a movie off these first four lines, I'm in. And fortunately, you know, Richard was kind enough to allow me to option the book and, um, and you know, it was a long 11 years, but um, well, yeah. <laughs> we fought, thanks to Mari Povich, uh, who's been an incredible patron of mine, we were able to finally get the film made the right way. Wow. You'll have to tell me, I guess I'm going to, I want to ask Richard the question, but how did Mari help you to get this film made? How, how, how did Mari help me? Mari Povich? Yeah. Oh, so I've known Mari for 30 years. He's, he's, he, he, I ran his company for a number of years. He and I, I did a documentary. And I did a documentary that we won an Academy Award for, and he's always been incredibly, incredibly supportive of whatever, despite all his better judgments, <laughs> investing in my projects. And so after 10 years, I've been around the world, not joking, making this movie. I've been flown to London. Uh, it's, it stars I won't name, big stars were going to make the film. It was going to be done in Afghanistan, updated, downdated. And then finally, after 10 Ten or about eight years, my my really close friend Sheldon Turner, great writer, wrote up in the air. He turned to me one day at breakfast and said, "Dude, there are complete morons in this town who can raise three million dollars and get a movie made. I know you can." So, <laughs> with that inspiration from my my best buddy, uh, <laughs> I flew to New York and 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 had lunch with Mari and, and told him the story. And of course, his his father had been a journalist in World War II. His father was a legendary journalist, and uh, and so he was amazingly generous enough to to invest and you know the rest is history as they say yeah i gotta learn how you raise money for a film because i was talking to chris malkey and he had a great story he wrote years ago about two professional wrestlers that passed away and i'm a former professional wrestler so i'll have to talk to you robert you off air yeah 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 former pro wrestler but the stories about the road warriors and chris malkey wrote the story before one of the road warriors died. So that's for something else. It's kind of look at me in passing, let's but let's talk, go. Let's talk off. Yeah. Let's uh, talk off here about that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. Absolutely. Robert. All right. Uh, Richard. Now, did you have a dream that you wanted this to be a movie? I, I talked to so many authors that believe that their story could become a movie. Did you think that would happen? No, uh, no, I've never, I've never, never thought of it that way. Uh, I mean, if it happens, that's marvelous, you know, especially if you're going to have somebody as good a writer as, as Robert take hold of it. Um, <laughs> Thanks. I've had, I've had a lot of options and stuff, so I'm sort of used to it happening and then nothing, you know, nothing comes of it. You just see a little money each year for a while and then it lapses. Um, and that's what I would, I thought would happen in this case, but it turned out found out in a conversation with my agent that you know that i we live within 
40 minutes of each other. And so I said, well, let's, you know, or Robert said, let's get together. And so we got together and started talking about it. And I said to my wife, when I got home, I said, he's, he's great. He's a great kid. I hope I wish him all the best, but I don't think anything's going to come of this. I mean, it's just <laughs> talking. but you know, Robert made it happen and it got more real every day. And, uh, I mean, Tim O'Brien and I were sitting in this place up in L.A. with Word Theater, and Robert came to show pictures of the place he was taking pictures of in Macedonia or someplace like that to film it. And O'Brien said, man, this guy's going to make this flick, man. Said, <laughs> <laughs> really well, let's, take, let's just take a moment to shout out one of the amazing things about becoming close friends with Richard Bausch and Richard and I like family now is, you know, he'll say to me, Hey Rob, I'm coming up to LA, man. Want to have lunch? And I'll, I'll yeah, I love you. Richard looks good. I'll show up and there'll be Tim O'Brien, you know, and as a guy who majored in American uh, literature, Brian, and you know, he's as sweet as Richard and he's got this collection. It's, it's kind of like hanging out with Babe Ruth and, 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 and the murderer's row, but they're all these, wonderful lovable great raconteurs who refuse to take any compliments about their work and shoot one one was one a pulitzer i think richard let's see in three luncheons with you i think we hit a uh, we hit a pulitzer a nobel and a and a pen faulkner i mean so for me man that's just it's a blast well you know when you get my age you know a lot of people <laughs> hey that's all i hope i hope for sure i know a lot of people like that too but jumping right into this robert to put this book into a movie. I mean, when you think of the storyline, when you watch the trailer and you say, Oh my gosh, if I was part of that recon, just bringing the name recon up, right. That I, if I was part of that mission and I saw that everything went wrong and that's what you're seeing in the trailer, that's just gotta be mind blowing because really war films are never shown on one specific set plan. It's usually longer, type of thing right? right right yeah so one of the things immediately that i loved about the book that i knew i was going to keep, keep keep was the notion that this essentially all happened in one day um and then based on the stuff i mentioned to you a few you know a few minutes ago what was really important to me was that look i'm utmost respect for the men and women in the military and, and law enforcement and, and any first line response for that matter but i did 10 years in the sheriff's department as a reserve deputy I got to witness what what real real heroics is about you know but these men and women SWAT calls. I've been I've been fortunate enough to be a an observer on, and uh, plan, plan, plan stuff always goes wrong. And it's what these again these these men and women do um, uniformly is they deal with the situation at hand. Um, and so Richard's book um, takes takes it to um, I can't even say an extreme because anytime you're in a position where you can determine someone else's life and death. Um, which fortunately I've never had to do. Um, it's very easy for all of us to sit back in judgment and say, well, you did the right or wrong thing. But when you're in that moment, you're a 22, 23 year old kid um, and you're expected to do the right thing. Well, that becomes a very different situation. So we're really trying to tell that story. And most importantly, um, to, to quote Richard, to show the power of mercy and, and, and sort of use one of my favorite quotes, you know, the value of saving a single life, you save the you save the world entire, right? I mean, it's, it's, I don't think that's tried. I think there's really a lot of truth to that. Well, and, you know, the, the, the term snafu really comes from that. I mean, situation normal, all, all fouled up, only the word in there isn't fouled. Um, you know, that's, you say everything goes wrong. Situation normal, all fouled up. 
and to trust and to trust certain people without giving away things, Richard, is just yeah. the wrong thing to do, right? Especially in a yeah. foreign country. Yeah. Just amazing. Uh, well done. So tell us about Robert, how you put together the uh, actors for this film as well, a director. You know, again, yeah. I guess, like I said, over 11 years, we had, I had, I'm sorry, go ahead, sir. Go, Richard. Or is it me? Oh, no, I was, I was going to say to you, Robert, how long, how did you come up with the cast and stuff? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So over 11 years, we, you know, gone the traditional route, which was the, the big agencies and, uh, um, you know, m mainly I'm not trying to be just modest, false modesty here, mainly because Richard's incredible book, which I just, you know, hardly stole most of the script was very well received. It's an actor's piece. Um, and so I had a lot of really you know, good, good names that took meetings and wanted to do the film. And, um, it, it's just, it's so hard to get a movie made. Um, outside of the traditional studio system, and and so without real money, uh, it, it it was it was tricky. And to get that real money, you need certain names, and those names aren't weren't always the right ones for the film. Um, and so people sort of came and went. And then eventually, once I was able to control it, and again thanks to Maury Povich, I was able to go after the actors that I felt were really uh, true to the parts. Um, Alexander Ludwig is, is phenomenal. Um, our producer Rick Dugdale had worked with him before. He introduced me to him. And um, Rick and I agreed that we we're going to just make the best movie we could. We weren't really going to sit there and try and find uh, who's the actor, who's a name that will get us 28 grand, you know, out of Romania. We said, let's just make a good movie. Let's go for it. And so uh, we we did that. Alexander Ludwig and Sam Keeley and Chris Brochu and RJ and, and Tyler and Christy and of course the incredible Franco Nero, having all of them together. Um, it, it worked. Um, it, it, it really, really worked. So I, I know this sounds simple, but once we had the pressure off of us to get the quote unquote, you know, specific name for a specific territory, we were able to really just look at who were the best people, the best actors that we could meet and get out to that would fill the parts. Richard, how uh, happy were you with Robert, how he saw your vision from the book to the movie? I was, I can't even begin to tell you how happy I was. I mean, I, I was so taken with it. I mean, I saw the script and I thought the script was, was wonderful. And, uh, and I thought, man, he really is going to make the book. He's going to make a movie from the book that everybody will be able to say, yeah, that's the book. But, um, the, the actual movie went beyond it in some ways that were so stunning and so wonderful that, you know, part of me halfway hopes people don't bother to go read the book. They'll just uh, say, well, Bosch came up with that. What a great idea. <laughs> no, uh, that's a great idea, that uh, suspension bridge. Damn. <laughs> what the hell thought of that? <laughs> so um, my feeling about it, I'd had movies made before, you know. I've, uh, I've had two really fortunate experiences one with this french director making movie from six of my stories a guy named Gilles bordos and the other from bob balaban making a film out of my uh, novel the last good time 20 years ago um they they were all you know wonderful but these last two the, the bordos film and and uh recon it just way beyond any writer's hopes, you know? You just think, Christ, they couldn't do any better than this. This is amazing. Absolutely. So, and that sounds like it for sure. Robert, um, 
you picked it. This is a perfect time for the film to come out, don't you? With everything that's going on, and also getting close to Veterans Day and yeah. everything, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we always felt it was a Veterans Day release. Um, again, not to bore you with the inner workings of Hollywood. Uh, fortunately, the film distributor, Brainstorm Media, was terrific, and they completely agreed with us. Um, and I think also it's a, it's it's a it's a good time for the film to come out because hopefully, um, I'm not going to be pretentious enough to. To, to, to pretend that this is a film you know you have to watch to make a difference in everyone's lives in America. I do think though if you do watch it, hopefully you'll find it informative at the same time. It will make you for a few seconds examine your own sort of courage and, and, and morality and um, you know how each one of us can make a little bit of a difference. Um, and, and if, if people can walk away thinking about that a little then I think I've done my done my job. It sounds like it and Richard, the same thing I think goes for you as well. perfect timing. For it to come out i think so yeah i think so absolutely robert what would you say you want uh the people who see you the film get the most out of from this what is your goal well look i think as a as a first-time feature film director i want i would say an equal footing part one i want audiences to be entertained when i pay money to see a movie I want to I want to enjoy that movie in a, in a visceral level and say I was I laughed and I was scared and I cried. So I want that. At the same time, uh, I really want audiences to to think a little when they walk out. If they if they can have a minute or two conversation afterwards, uh, which so far uh, you know people have seen it certainly have. I'm happy, thrilled rather to say, uh, and and talk a little bit about wow, you know what would I have done in that situation or hmm, that makes me think about this situation. Um, then I think. I think that's the other main goal of any writer or filmmaker, or I suppose, I suspect author. I mean, Richard could answer that. Uh, those made me well done and huh, made me think about, made me think about a couple of things that I got to, you know, check about myself a little. And then, you know, that's that. That would make me really thrilled. Yeah. No, I, I think. I, so. What What were you going to say, Richard? I agree with that. I mean, I think, uh, you know, W. H. Auden said, "Poetry makes nothing happen." You know, and William Carlos Williams says pretty much the same thing, but then he says, but so many people die for lack of what is found there. Right. And that is, you know, the, the thing is that it's, we're all part of this human family. The we're, Homo fabula is what we should be called, the story maker species. Uh, off a wonderful essay I recently read, um, and uh, and so for me, the 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 real salvation for all of us is in stories, is in traveling through the experience of the other, and uh, and learning how to see people not as you know monoliths of cultural difference, but as people who have the same common brave human heart beating, and to somehow learn how to see each other that way. So that's my hope, you know. Well, just watching the trailer, I see that. And uh, usually a trailer tells you that and just says, I want to now I want to know that story. And that's the big thing. <laughs> so, Robert, the film comes out Veterans Day. Where well, is it? Actually, it comes out. So it comes out November 10th in about 400 theaters. You can get tickets on if you don't mind. AdamTickets.com. Is that correct? Right. So the first so the mm -hmm. eve of uh, uh, Fathom. 
uh, brainstorm meetings distributor fathoms event big event november 10th um, the night before um, like i said if you go to adamtickets.com you can you can see where it's playing about 400 theaters across america richard is there a place people can connect with you to learn more about you so that they can purchase your book because after they see the movie they got to buy your book yeah they have books book. yeah Knopf's going to reissue the, the book um, with a, a sticker on it saying the book that Recon is based on. It's, yeah, it's cool. It's, and they're going to reissue it, so and people should be able to, as my friend James Dickey used to say, tear down their local grocery store and pick it up. <laughs> but these, but these days, he means a local grocery store is Amazon. So, you know. <laughs> yes, Amazon for sure. And Robert, do you have a place people connect with you? Are you on social media and stuff that people can? You, you know, it's so funny. I'm, I'm so bad at this. I, I, I might go from like ten to eleven uh, uh, followers now. Instagram, RD Port. If you want to see pictures of my dog, mostly my Siberian Husky. Uh, that's pretty much the only posts I put off. That is Tom Brady. So. Uh, but but yeah, I'd love to connect with anyone and and folks. Yeah, go go to Richard Bausch's website. He's not selling himself well at all. And learn and read more of his wonderful work because he's a he's an American treasure, as I like to say. Well, I oh, you can I agree on Facebook, Facebook too. Okay, and uh, so Robert, we're gonna have to definitely have an off air conversation about yeah, this. Yeah, call me, man. You got my number. I wanna I wanna talk to anyone who wrestled Jake the Snake Roberts. Come on. Yeah, I, I yeah. See, yeah, how did you know I did? That's funny. I did wrestle. Well, Jake because when you said you're a wrestler, I quickly hit, uh, I quickly did a quick Google. And first thing he came up, he wrestled Jake the Snake. Dude. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, this guy's legit. Okay. Okay. Six, see, see, he's good. and worth the climb. He's, huh? he's, 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 he's Googling me, man. Oh my goodness gracious. There <laughs> yeah. you go. Are you, are you really 6'10"? Yeah, I'm a legitimate 6'10". So I've played a seven wow. foot wrestler on, on TV. Yeah. But I tell you oh, right yeah, now, I, I love it. I love it. And, and, and again, Chris Mulkey, I try to get the film uh, gone, so we'll definitely uh, connect. All right, I appreciate you guys. Anytime, brother. All right, thanks, guys. All right, take care. All right, All see right. You. thanks. Be good. All right, bye. bye. All right, you listen to Neil Haley. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.